Holly G with the Golf Insiders. And okay, if you're paying attention to the calendar, you've got nine shopping days till Christmas. Uh, well, maybe nine and a half for those of you who may be shopping at midnight online. But we just finished up the last major of 2020. Yes, the 75th U.S. Women's Open. And uh, to break it all down for us, because it was an extremely exciting finish, is one of our favorite insiders, Steve Eubanks, the managing editor of the LPGA. Hi, Steve. How are you, Holly? Great to be with you. Well, I am telling you, uh, not only did uh, the Champions course out there in Houston show its teeth and metal, and the weather was not too predictable, I would say, for the Houston, Texas area, but I guess you get some of that in December. And A. Lim Kim, uh, remarkable finish, hat trick on the last three holes, birdie on 16, 17, and 18 to win by one shot over Amy Coulson. Yeah, it's, it's it was pretty amazing to watch. I mean, you had... Um... You had Amy Olson did everything that you should you should be able to do to win a U.S. Women's Open. She played the back nine at Champions, which is the hardest nine holes on the property, uh, in even par, seven pars, one bo- birdie, one bogey. Normally in a U.S. Open, that gets it done. But Aileen Kim just came out of nowhere. Uh, she, uh, I have learned since then. I didn't know much about her um, it, during the uh, during the playing. Uh, she's the longest player on the Korean LPGA Tour. Uh, so she had a lot of shorter irons and those firm greens. Um, I, as you saw, she was able to hit three wood sand wedge into the 18th, uh, where everyone else was hitting driver and, and, uh, something more than a wedge, uh, into that final hole, uh, almost, almost hold a short iron on 17, uh, and then hit a, a mid iron to, uh, you know, just beyond the hole on 16. So it, it was as extraordinary and aggressive a ball striking performance as we've seen in a major championship, maybe ever, but certainly in a long time. Not only that, but her first major championship. And was this her first time competing uh, on the LPGA? It was. It was her first time competing outside of Korea. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, her just her, um, you know her poise, uh, how she handled herself, you know, particularly after the tournament. And um, uh, aside from um, coming close to losing her cell phone in the bottom of her golf bag, <laughs> um, you know, it was a terrific, uh, terrific win for this rookie. Impressive. It really was a terrific win, and and again, I, you know, I talked to a number of my Korean friends because she doesn't speak English, and we didn't know very much about her. Uh, they say we're going to be very impressed when she when she does uh, eventually come over here. She is a gregarious, she's outgoing, a lot of fun, a really good kid. So, um, you, you know, I just think we're going to see a lot of wonderful things from this young lady in the years to come. Yeah, great, great smile to boot, and um, as I said, she. She edged out two other players, including Amy Olson, who uh, really gained a lot of fans this weekend, Steve, with, um, you know, playing through the untimely death of her father-in-law on Saturday night. 
yeah, it was it was a it was a terrible terrible time. Uh, Lee Olson was only sixty three years old. It was very sudden, unexpected. He'd actually been hunting with uh, with Grant, Amy's husband, uh, right before Grant left to come to uh, Houston to be there with the event uh, for the to see Amy play play uh, the final round. And so uh, it really was a bit of a blessing that Sunday was washed out. Um, she had had a fitful night uh, Saturday night, and, and they were all trying to make some very difficult decisions. Um, and she was incredibly emotional on the driving range on Sunday. So uh, the, being able to take that extra break and, and be back on Monday at least gave her an opportunity to, to put some things into perspective and, and uh, to, to get some things squared away prior to, um, uh, to her final round. Yes, and, you know, um, uh, unlike her uh, previous event where, you know, the major that, uh, you know, she came close and sort of faltered in the final round, um, you know, she, she just hit a great shot on 16 at par 3, maybe a little uh, full of adrenaline on that one. It, it just, uh, you know, edged off the green and uh, she made bogey there, but, you know, came back uh, par on 17 and then birdied 18. So uh, she, you know, she really finished strong. She did. I mean, and the shot she hit on 16 was a was a very good shot. It went right over the flag. Yeah. Uh, just took one was big pure. bounce and got into the back rough. She, she hit the shots she needed to hit throughout the course of the day. And once again, as I say, you play the back nine of the U.S. Open, even par, and when you have the lead, that normally gets it done. And uh, th this was not one that she lost. I was actually in Evian. I was standing on that 18th hole when she made double bogey to lose to Angela Stanford. That was gut-wrenching. That was a crushing blow uh, because she had led basically for 71 holes. She'd led at the end of every single round up until that time. Uh, and so to let that one get away was, was really hard to take. Um, but in this instance, I don't think this one's going to be as hard for her to overcome simply because she did everything you could do. This was not an event she lost. This was an event a Lim Kim jumped up and won. Well, uh, speaking of some great play, we had an amateur break through the top 10. Caitlin Papp, I believe she's a Longhorn. Is that correct? That's correct. She's a Longhorn and, and uh, from Austin. Uh, so it was, it was not a very far drive for her to come up to Houston to play in this event. Uh, she had actually uh, been up the week before played several rounds it was um it, it, she she was a another very impressive young woman to watch i mean her ball striking was uh was really stellar throughout the course of the entire week um also i thought just a touch of class uh by the usga to uh, name on in, on the, in honor of you know the 75th anniversary uh, the the medal that's given um, in in honor of Mickey Wright, who uh, we know was a Hall of Famer and won the U.S. Open, was it four times, Steve? Yeah, and I'll tell you, Mickey was, uh, as everyone uh, has recognized, uh, if they didn't know before since her passing, uh, perhaps the greatest striker of the golf ball in women's golf. Um, you know, the the only golf swing that uh, that Ben Hogan went way out of his way to compliment. Um, and I, I tell you, there were a lot of people who looked at Mickey Wright's swing and said this may be the best in golf history. Well, that was uh, really just a, a nice touch of class and uh, certainly will uh, create some more history down the road. Speaking of which, 
We are talking the race to the CME Globe this week uh, here in Naples, Florida. And this is the season ender for the LPGA. And um, there's sort of a tournament within the tournament on the line here, Steve, because there's also a tight race for player of the year. There is a tight race for player of the year. And it's uh, it really, I think if you just ask the casual fan, Who's leading the player player of the year race? They would almost all say Say Young Kim. She's won she won a major championship at KPMG. Came back the following week and won at the Pelican Championship. She's played very well throughout the course of the year. The the events where she hasn't won, you, you've you've seen her name, you've seen her in contention. So if you don't pay attention to this sort of thing, you probably think Say Young Kim is leading. She's not. NB Park is leading by a slim six points in this race, and it's because. NB hasn't won since February when she won in uh, in Australia. She's had seven top ten finishes. Amazing. In addition to that win. Amazing. And, you know, she goes about it in such a quiet, humble way, Steve. Uh, even when asked about, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, she could be winning player of the year, uh, you know, basically said, you know, it would it would be nice, you know, given that it honors, um, you know, the best player of the year. Uh, but, uh, you know, she's she's just a class act as well. She's just happy to be playing. Um, as a matter of fact, I had this conversation with her earlier today where, where she was talking about, look, we didn't know if we were going to be able to play this year. And to be able to come back in the summer and play the events we were able to play, and even here in December, to be able to come out uh, under the restrictions that we have and to be able to contest this championship, that there's a level of gratitude and gratefulness to her that um, that I think a lot of fans may miss, but they shouldn't. She's really uh, she's really a class act all the way. Well, um, just give me your um, thoughts, too, about how this season went, because I think... Uh, especially for the LPGA, you know, the uh, scheduling and logistics, because so many of the players are international players, you know, from Korea and from Thailand, um, you know, so, you know, it, it was it was difficult. And, you know, a lot of players had to choose, um, you know, had tough decisions in terms of picking the events they would play. They did. There were a lot of tough decisions that had to be made. And, and, and look, I think if you if you look at some of the events that we had this year and just said, and just took them in, in, you know, in a bubble and just said, let's look at this event, you would have thought it was an extraordinary year. Um, you look, we have, I think, perhaps the uh, the greatest story in sports this year was Sophia Popov coming uh, coming out of nowhere to win the uh, AIG Women's Open. Uh, we have Allie McDonald coming through and uh, Allie Ewing now coming through and winning her first uh, LPGA title at the Drive-On Championship uh, in at Lake Oconee where boats are lining the 17th and 18th fairway and horns are blaring as she, as she wins the event. It was just one of the more, more emotional scenes that you could have. You have Sayon Kim coming in, in just an, a display of major championship golf. I don't think people have seen it quite some time and winning – KPMG at Aronimica, one of the tougher golf courses we've ever played. Indeed. So if you look at each of these things individually, I think you're going to say, wow, it was just an extraordinary year. Then you throw in the fact that, oh, by the way, this was a COVID year and we had to take a number of months off uh, and you didn't have 
a lot of these players that, that were able to come back over and play, you know, it, it, it throws a little bit of cold water on it, but not very much. I would, I would say that on the whole, um, we're very happy to have been where we are. Well, you look too at uh, Daniel Kang, um, American player who had five top tens and two wins. You saw the resurgence of Lydia Ko's game, as well as Stacy Lewis, who is sitting at number 10 as she comes into the CME uh, tournament, which will begin tomorrow. It will. Uh, and look, the, the great thing about this is Stacy wins in Scotland. I mean, what a great event. I mean, to, to, to go over to Scotland and, and win kind of out of nowhere, first time as a mom to be able to do that. I mean, they're just, there are a lot of wonderful stories this year that, uh, that I think if you are a fan of golf, if you're a fan of women's sports, um, there's a lot for you to talk about. And again, we're playing golf again. We're playing golf here in Naples the week before Christmas week. So, um, you know, I hope everybody will tune in and watch because it's going to be a going to be a heck of a finish. It is, and um, there will be uh, plenty of coverage on the Golf Channel, and um, you know, hopefully, some great weather. Um, you know, we are we're not going to we're not going to be getting any part of that nor'easter, thank goodness, that's uh, going up the coast, but and hopefully, no rain as well. Uh, break down uh, this this field, Steve, and um, you know it's uh, they changed the format. Was it in 2019 uh, to be um, you know a tournament uh, with a hefty purse, 1.5 million dollars to the winner, and um, you know who who do you who who are your horses here? Well, I mean, I think you can't. You, you just kind of go down the list of those who have been leading in the points throughout the year. I think if you, you've got uh, Envy, uh, you've got Sayoung, and and Jin Young Ko uh, are the three who are they're the three hottest players in the game right now, and they're, they're the three that you certainly can't look past. I would say look at Charlie Hull, who has consistently played this golf course better than most. Um, she has she's won here. Uh, but for uh, Sam Kim making a curling twenty footer for birdie on the la- on the final hole last year, they would have been she would have been in a playoff again. So uh, she's a, she's kind of my dark horse to keep your eye on this week. Well, uh, it's it's awesome and it's just fun to have um, you know major golf year ender and um, uh, you know for all my listeners. The LPGA website is just fantastic. Steve, you and your team do such a great job. You really get a sense of who these players are. And, um, you know, like, like they were saying it, uh, at the USGA, U.S. Women's Open, these women are worth watching. So where is the telecast going to be? Over the next it few will days. Be, it, it will be on the Golf Channel all week, so uh, check your listings. And, and uh, if you want to, go to lpga.com. We will have uh, updates throughout the course of the week, as well as a, a, a guide for how you can watch it. Awesome. Well, Steve, it's such a pleasure to spend some time with you and you taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule. Steve Eubanks, Managing Editor of the LPGA. Thank you so much, my friend, and happy holidays. Thanks. 